Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 22 of the Footmarks podcast. I'm your host, Behram Kazi. You can find me at Def Mango on Twitter. And with me, of course, is Jared Kimber. As always, you can find him everywhere. Cricket is about partnerships. And this video was made in partnership with HLC Tech. Yeah, the company you see in the Australian shirts. Supercharge your technology with them today. So our topic for today is the history of India versus Pakistan in ODI World Cups. And just yesterday, oh, well, Today is Monday when we're recording this. Oh, sorry, Sunday. So the game happened yesterday. Now it's going to be a few days since this is recorded earlier. But 8-0 is how things stand. India, of course, you know, extended that unbeaten streak versus Pakistan and a comprehensive seven-wicket win in Ahmedabad against their arch rivals. Before we even get into everything, because we're going to discuss the history, Jared, I want to ask you, what is your earliest memory of India playing Pakistan at the World Cup? I'll tell you mine as well later. So we didn't get all the games broadcast. Mm. Uh, you guys in Asia actually were much better. Uh, you, especially free-to-air cricket in, in Australia was a huge boom mm. uh, for cricket in Australia. But it meant that a lot of the neutral stuff, of course, we didn't see. And cable TV obviously brought that up. So I think it's probably 2003. Mm. Um, what was, it? was that a Super Sixers game? Or was no, that, that was a group game. And that's also my first memory ever. Yeah, so I didn't follow that game uh, live. I think I was in America, backpacking through America, mm. and we got picked up by... No, we went into a shop. My friend had to buy a razor, okay. um, and the guy at the shop in the shop was Indian, and he started talking to us about that game. And then um, I think we then had another taxi driver who was Indian in, in New York after that, and he was talking to it. So the f- we knew it was a big deal, Hmm. But we didn't quite get it. And then when you're talking to random people in America and they're obsessing over it, you that's when you start to realize that it's something else. So probably 2011 is the first time hmm. I'm watching an India-Pakistan game knowing what I need to know about India-Pakistan. You know, by that time, I'm a professional writer. So it's hmm. very late for me, but it's also very late for everyone, as I'm sure we will get to. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And uh, it's interesting because that's also my first memory. And uh, I've gotten used to it now. You know, as a Pakistan supporter, it doesn't matter. I've already lost this game in my head before it's, it's even played. But back in 2003, when I was, what, nine, I was super excited when Saidan were scored that 100, only to see Sachin, you know, chase it down with ease. And that's we'll get to that innings, of course. That's a big one that we're going to talk about. But just given how, you know, this is the mother of all games and 
if you look at contemporary cricket, to- tournament organizers always make sure that India and Pakistan play each other at least once. Literally, hmm. the tournaments are rigged this way to ensure that we get this game, right? It's every broadcaster's dream uh, fixture. But it's uh, interesting that even though there's so much hype and everything and it was always a big game, for the first four editions of the ODI World Cup, we never had an India versus Pakistan game. And that's, I don't know, it surprised me. Yeah, there's two things that surprised me about that, hmm. right? The w- first one is that... It, 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 uh, you wrote it and I hadn't seen it before mm-hmm. when you wrote it down I was like oh my god and I'd just done the history <laughs> of, of World Cups it had never even occurred to me that that mm. had not happened and then the second thing I thought was what about 87 because mm. I can get that when England was planning these tournaments with the ice, I mean, the ICC barely existed in these days, let's be honest. But when England and the ICC were planning these tournaments it's like well of course they wouldn't think to put India Pakistan together why would they? Right? Um but 87, surely at that stage, Sean yeah. went, let's just chuck them in together. And they probably didn't because a lot of the games were hosted in Pakistan and a lot of the games were hosted in India. So yeah. logically, I now understand it. But even thinking about that, it's like, well, couldn't Pakistan, because I think that was a round robin. Was that a tournament where you played a couple of games against each team in the first round? I think I'm right yeah. in remembering that. So they could have actually... Um, perhaps done it that way if I'm remembering it correctly hmm. where they could have played one game in Lahore and one game in Mumbai or you know wherever Eden Gardens uh, you know however they wanted to do it Karachi and Eden Gardens um, and the fact that they didn't even do that and they were in charge of the tournament not in charge I mean hmm. you know uh, certainly what it tells us it was before the days of rigging the contest to make sure that <laughs> Australia always play England and India always play Pakistan they also might not have realized the amount of, uh, you know, financial and commercial success that could come with this sort of game. I mean, the hype is nothing like it is now, right? I mean, back in the day, they didn't know how to do those things. No, but they did. They still are trying to sell the tournament, aren't they? Mm. Right? Like, you, especially, this was, it was a really weird World Cup, that 87 World Cup, mm. because it, it was the first one outside of England. It wasn't then in Australia, which is the m- most obvious next place to have it. Um, and you know, you would have thought that one thing that they would have wanted to do is open the tournament uh, with with that game, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and they didn't. So for me, it's just a very very bizarre uh, missed opportunity. I get the other stuff because I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, let's look at India. You probably know more about Pakistan, but India is the famous one where they had they were paying to have the cricket on TV, mm. um, and eventually had to go to court to get that changed. So the money side of it, we get. They weren't thinking about the stuff from that point of view. But it's I a also, tournament, and you're hosting it. Why would you not put yourselves against each other in the first game? <laughs> yeah, no, that definitely does uh, make sense. I think your logic with respect to the whole group thing makes sense because in 2011 we had something similar, right? And Pakistan wasn't playing in India up until they had to in the semi-final. So Pakistan were in that Sri Lanka group so that they can play all of their games over there. But maybe that's a reason. But anyway, given the fact that back in those days when Pakistan never played India in a World Cup, you know, pre-92, Pakistan were the better limited oversight, even if you look at their record. So do you think that they could have sneaked in a win over there had they played that time? India was pretty bad in 79. Mm. Um, I can't remember. Oh, 75, they gave up a a game Mm. against England. Um, So Pakistan played them in one of those two tournaments. Probably, especially my memory of this, and I could be slightly wrong, but there were more Pakistani players in Kerry uh, Kerry Packers series than there were Indians. Mm. Um, I think I'm right in saying that. Uh, and so they probably had slightly more, you know, um, professionalism when it came to one day cricket. 
than the Indians did. They might have had more county players as well, who again mm. would have played Sunday leagues and all those sorts of things. Uh, but just the just knowing those tournaments, uh, there's no way in the first two they wouldn't have won. India have a pretty good team in that in that eighty three. I mean, they mm. win, yeah. but they had a pretty. They beat West Indies twice in that mm-hmm. tournament. They beat Australia once, I think, so. twice as well. They certainly beat Australia. They almost um, lost they, to Zimbabwe, but won that game after that Kapil Dev one seventy five. Yeah. They beat England. They're a pretty good team. But even then, if they were in the same group as Pakistan, uh, they, Pakistan would have had two bites at the cherry again, right? Mm-hmm. So the, 83 and 87 both had, uh, you played against each team twice in the group stage. Again, they would have had plenty of chances to be able to do that. And, and Pakistan were the better team. And they weren't massively better, but even though India won a World Cup before Pakistan, mm-hmm. overall, Pakistan was certainly the better one-day team. I would say that Pakistan was a better one-day team up until the 99 World Cup, even that World Cup. You know, yeah. if you look at 92 and 99, these are two of the most successful World Cup campaigns or the most two successful World Cup campaigns that Pakistan has ever had in ODI cricket. Of course, they won in 92 and then they lost the final to Australia in 99. And in both of those World Cups, they played India. India batted first. In Sydney, they scored 217. In Old Trafford, they scored 228 and Pakistan failed to chase on both occasions. And they were a very, very supreme sort of limited overs outfit in both of these tournaments. So I just think to back to those two tournaments and I feel like those are the two wins that really got away because Pakistan should have won those games. They should have won one of them, shouldn't hmm. they? Like Just dumb luck wins you probably one of those games. They're, those are not outrageous chases. They're, hmm. they're not easy by, by any stretch in, in that period. But Pakistan chased more against New Zealand, um, who were a better team than India in 92, uh, when New Zealand were at home as well, right? So there's no reason why they shouldn't have uh, done well in that particular game. Uh, 99 uh, World Cup, uh, 99 World Cup, Pakistan, uh, 99 World Cup and 92 World Cup. To be fair, Pakistan's form is a bit all over the shop. Hmm. They, they lost, lost to Bangladesh, Bangladesh in 99. Bangladesh and India in 99, and then Australia wiped them off the final planet. Mm. And obviously, 92, the, you know, 87 and 92 are two of the flukier wins in one-day World Cups. And it's hard to completely fluke it. But Pakistan weren't the best team in 92. New Zealand yeah. were. But New Zealand only lost to one team, and they lost to them twice. <laughs> um, so Pakistan were really well matched up against New Zealand, plus the whole Martin Crow thing we don't need to go into. Mm-hmm. But you're still right. They're still better than India in those tournaments, and they should have got a win there. Yeah, no, I definitely think that. And uh, if, let's, let's go to uh, Bengaluru 1996. Of course, we have to as much as I don't want to. But it's just good that I was two years of age, so I have no recollection of that. I've only seen highlights. But anyway, quarterfinal of the World Cup. Big, big game. Wasim Akram is out injured. And uh, Ajay Jadeja has scored some quick runs uh, towards the end of the first innings. And India is now at 287, which at that time is a very, very decent total. More than decent. It's like, it's like 330 of today. Would you say? Oh, I think it's probably more than that. More it's than probably that? like 350, 360 yeah. today. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But Pakistan got off to a fly, you know, 84 for no loss after 10 overs, which by today's standards is also a belligerent start. Oh, be ridiculous in any era, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's just not a start that outside of Sri Lanka, mm. you just didn't see teams start like that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And then, you know, Said Anwar gets, uh, uh, you know, uh, dismissed on the first ball of the 11th over. So right after the 10 over mark, they lose a wicket. And then Amir Sohail has a moment 
And Amir Sohail, I think, is like the Gautam Gambhir of Pakistan cricket. They've both won a World Cup as well. So it's a very sort of a relatable analogy. And then he, you know, gives Venkatesh Prasad an earful. He's like, I'm going to hit you over there or something like that. And then Prasad embarrasses him after receiving an earful. It's a and terrible then, shot. Yeah, it's a terrible shot. Like, it's a terrible moment. We want to forget about it. But uh, yeah, it's it, there in World Cup lower. Was it the 12th over? I think so, yeah. 12th or 13th. 12th over. He backs away. Like... And then tries to flat bat a ball over cover. And he had already hit a four doing it. Don't get me wrong. He was playing the shot already. But it was just like, why? You've just lost a wicket. Hmm. You're massively ahead in the game. If they had scored three runs and over for the next 10 overs, uh, they would have been, what, 110 after 20. Um, they, were, they were fine, hmm. right? They absolutely had no issues. It was just a bizarre shot. And uh, yeah, you know. Um, not Venkatesh, you know, the, the king of, you know, subtle leg, leg cutters. He just bowled a full and straight one and <laughs> I mean, it played a stupid shot. Yeah. And then Venkatesh also took a Pfeiffer in Old Trafford four years, oh, well, three years later. So he's a bit of a legend when it comes to India-Pakistan World Cup cricket, yeah. isn't it? And you never really think of uh, Venkatesh Prasad as someone who would have terrorized Pakistan, but there you have it. And also, I believe that he's only gotten two Man of the Match awards in ODI cricket, if I'm not wrong. And one of them is that 99 game, which is hilarious, right? Um, anyway, let's move forward to 2003. Of course, we've both spoken about it. Young Behram was really sad, was stoked when Saidanwar got that 100. But when India came out to bat, you know, that was the first time I actually had my heart broken. Also, the last time, maybe. Oh, well, Mohali 2011. We'll get to that as well. But uh, that was, you know, a tournament in which we saw a change of guard you could say, between India yeah. and Pakistan. You know, Pakistan was a superior limited oversight prior to that in World Cup cricket. And there on, it was just all India. The two Ws were Seaman Vakar. They were past their prime, but they were playing that game. And Sachin scored that 98. He scored that six over third man off peak Shoaib, which, you know, is a shot that inspired a generation of batters, maybe continues to today. I don't know. The, the highlights are quite prominent. And uh, yeah, I would say that that victory... What it did for Indian cricket, you know, that day at Centurion. I think it catapulted them towards the success that they were going to achieve in years to come. And, you know, Saurav Ganguly's India, that World Cup, mm. I think they literally wrote down the template of modern-day India in a way, uh, if you look at confidence and those sort of things. Yeah, I think they're a fantastic side. I think you're right. Pakistan were aging out a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, Pakistan had definitely been the better. I, I, I can't remember in the piece. Was it? 26 wins to 14 wins or something between 92 and 99. Yeah, um, something uh, like that. Actually, I there, think it was less There's a period so uh, when Imran was captain where in like 30 games, Pakistan lost like five ODIs or something like that. There's yeah. Also so thing. absolutely dominated hmm. uh, and dominated India, certainly at, at that point. From 2000 onwards, it does change, right? The, hmm. That's when the Indian batting takes over and... Uh, and Pakistan's batting really does start to slow down in one-day yeah. cricket around that. You know, Jar Jarvid is obviously gone. Hmm. Um, Inzi is no longer the star that, that he had been. Inzi um, didn't even cross 10 during that World Cup. Really? 2003. Um, he had an absolute howler. Even guys like Ijaz Ahmed, Amir Sohail, hmm. uh, who's the other opener we talked about before? Saeed Anwar. Uh, There's a young like, Shahid Afridi in there. Yeah. So, but, but, but I'm talking about that generation where they had just you know, you can even go back to Zahir Abbas, right? Mm. So many good limited overs players for a long period of time, batters, and then suddenly you get to a period where that drops off a little bit right as the two Ws start to slow down. And also, Saklain and Mushtaq 
are no mm. longer, um, you know, forces. And you probably, is that when you lose, I mean, Abdul Razak kind yeah. of hangs around, but. Yeah, he hangs around, but he's not the same kind of Razak that was like early 2000s or pre-2003 yeah. and late 90s. Razak with the ball was a handful, right? After that, exactly. he kind of dropped some clicks and stuff like that. Became and a more reliable batter. Yeah, and as a Mahmood. So Azar wasn't part of that World Cup, weirdly enough, and they discarded Azar really early in the well, piece. And that's he what I was went and, say. you know, had a very, very good career in England. So, I mean, he's another player who, looking back on it, so they missed, they missed, they had one pl- one all rounder sort of slow down on them, and then yeah. they had another all rounder who wasn't um, uh, wasn't utilized the way that he should have been. And, it's interesting, and Afridi right, was that, good, but Afridi, well, you didn't understand Afridi yeah. really at that point. No, but, you know, if you look at the Pakistan team of 99, and if you look at the Pakistan team of 2003, you go from a shit ton of all-rounders to one or two all-rounders. And I've never understood that because all-rounders in ODI cricket or any sort of limited overs, any sort of cricket, forget that, even mm. test cricket, I think they're valuable. And yeah, that was kind of what gave Pakistan its sauce. And they lost yeah. that sauce. And in 2003, they were like a, a shadow of the team they once used to be. No, and, and you know, Razak played some incredible innings mm. uh, down the order as well. And it, it was like a Pakistani Lance Kluzner. Uh, mm. Never that level of a batter, but he could be that level of a batter occasionally. Yeah. Um, and teams feared him when they played against him and, and everything else. And um, after that, the, the whole team is just a little bit weaker. Mm. Um, the weird thing is, of course, and I didn't, you know, neither of us really covered this all that much, but they don't play in 2007 either. Yeah, uh, but that's because... Do you remember, do you remember why? <laughs> Ireland and Bangladesh, I remember that game, you know, is people had bought tickets. Is it worse to lose to Ireland and, and not even get to play India? No. Nah. Or is it worse to play, play against India and lose against India? No, no, no. Definitely play against India and lose against India because there was, that was such a long World Cup. Remember, it lasted like two months, 2007, mm. because you had this initial group stage in which there were four teams and then two went forward. Then you had the Super 8 stage where everyone played everyone and then the semifinals. And before that, you know, I'd bought this magazine of the World Cup and everything, you know, hyping big time. And yeah, they're, they've knocked out, uh, they're knocked out by Ireland and then India's knocked out by Bangladesh. And all these guys that play for Bangladesh still are babies. The Tamims mm-hmm. and the Shakibs and the Mushafikur Rahims. All three of those guys played that game. I think they scored as well. So, yeah. 2007 is uh, my version of Stuart Broad's 2020 Ashes. It's it's a <laughs> wipeout. I, it never happened. But Mohali 2011, that is uh, some of the... That did happen. Yeah, that did happen. And uh, I was what? I was a teenager. I was in high school. And I was absolutely obsessed with cricket. And the fact that Pakistan were in a semi-final again in the World Cup was big. Pakistan had lost um, your their main players in uh, Amir Asif but to spot fixing last year. So for them to actually make the semi-final and Shoei Bakhtar back and all of that stuff, that was that was huge. You know, everyone was like, oh, things are clicking, this and that. They had a pretty decent team still, right? And uh, yeah, then you drop Sachin four times. He goes on to hurt you again. He did was, there in- an, was there a DRS LBW that he was too far down the wicket for as well? Do yeah, I so that? Saeed Ajmal bowled that delivery and it was given out. And then when they reviewed it, it was missing the leg stump. And uh, a lot of people, even Indian people, you know, said that, I don't know if they, that would have missed Leicester, but we don't know that. This is just conjecture. There's nothing to prove these things. I, 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 to be honest, I just don't think it would have been tampered with at that stage because mm. I don't think anyone would have kind of thought about it. it. Does that make sense? It's a, And also Hawkeye, I'm not saying you can't do things with Hawkeye mm. or DRS because you can, 
but it's not a particularly easy thing. But I remember that being a controversy, and 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 you know, I was a blogger at that time. Oh no, maybe I worked for Craig Info by that time. But I remember saying to people, Let, "Let's say you're right." Perhaps the four catches also played a part. Yeah, the four catches. And they weren't even hard catches. Like, there were some absolute dollies. Guys like Yunus Khan, safe pair of hands, they were dropping those catches, right? And then <laughs> Pakistan has this fixing PTSD, you know, match-fixing, spot-fixing PTSD. And I remember in the aftermath of that game, all anyone could ever talk about was, oh, it was fixed. They did this on purpose. I was like, guys, you just had this thing like last year. There's no chance that happened again, right? But anyway, Mohali 2011 was the real heartbreaker for most Pakistan or all Pakistan fans who were alive or for it or watching it. And you'd have to say it was the most high-profile ODI World Cup game between those teams because India is playing at home. They're playing a semi-final. Yeah. Sachin wants to win a World Cup. There's that whole subplot going wrong. Uh, and Wahab Riaz took a five, you know. Wahab announced himself. And uh, oh, so it's, I th- it's I think by that, that, that stage. went in vain. Yeah, I think by that stage, Twitter existed as well. Like, so, I, yeah. you know, 24-hour news existed, all mm-hmm. those different things. We, the one thing that we didn't write about in our video, um, and we haven't mentioned here, is that I think 2007 T20 World Cup plays a huge part as well. Mm-hmm. It does. That's actually probably the first it, the, the first sort of 24-hour news cycle, uh, although it was before Twitter, but, you know, blogs are around and Facebook's around and, you know, mm. YouTube's around and all that sort of stuff. That was huge, right? Like, you know, Mizbah playing that incredible innings um, yeah. and then coming up short at the end. Uh, that's wh- when, when you asked me before, I didn't give you the answer, but that's probably my first real India-Pakistan mm. moment just because um, it, that was, you know, I was a professional, well, not a professional, I was an amateur at that point, but, you know, I started covering cricket and everything else. And uh, that was absolutely massive. Um, mm. And, uh, the fact that 2011 sort of comes off the back of that uh, indirectly um, certainly played a part. Yeah, and you had Mizbah at the helm on both occasions. And uh, whilst he was a savior in 2007, in 2011, people weren't too happy with that score of 50-odd because they felt like Mizbah could have gone harder. And there was this notion, or well, I also thought at the time and probably still do, that he put pressure on the other guys to attack and they kind of lost their wickets. But either way, Pakistan failed to chase 260. And even after dropping Sachin four times, I thought that 260 was a great recovery. Pakistan should have won that game, even, you know, with the start that they had gotten. But then comes the question of uh, whether or not Pakistan can, you know, has has historically been able to hold their nerves in this sort of game. Does pressure play a role? Because out of your eight losses now versus India in ODI World Cups, Pakistan has lost six of those games chasing, including the semi-final in Mohali. And uh, even in 2015 and 2019, those one-sided games versus India, India scores 300 plus, Pakistan can't even cross 230 or 240, right? It's bad. It's really, really bad. So, yeah, I mean, we won't be able to prove this anyway, but do you think that the whole nerves thing and pressure that comes into the equation and that's what hurts Pakistan in this fixture? No. Hmm. Interesting. I think... I think, I don't think that, I, I know there was pressure on 92 and 99. Hmm. I don't think it was at that level. And I think it's really kicked up from 2007, from the Mizba hmm. game. Because they don't play each other anymore, right? Hmm. Again, it was something that we didn't quite talk about in that video that we did. Yeah. Um, which is, there's a difference between modern Pakistan India games and Pakistan India games from before because mm-hmm. they did play each other a lot. Even in the 90s, they're still playing a lot. Even, Even in, in the, the early 2000s, 2000s right? Mm. Still playing each other a lot. So if they weren't playing each other a lot, I would think the pressure could definitely be a big part. 
mm-hmm. right? But because it's not that, I don't think it. I think it is because Pakistan are. Uh, you, what you have is two teams who are very different. You have a batting team and a bowling team, mm-hmm. right? And so the batting team is putting on decent totals. And then the bowling team has to go out with the bat and try and chase them down, and they're not as good. And mm. I think that is probably India. Even in this tournament, India have a better batting lineup than Pakistan. Oh yeah. But if you but if you look all the way through uh, since two thousand, it's been really big disparities. This tournament's probably not as big as some of the others, but there's mm. been some big disparities between what the Indian batting lineup is and what the Pakistan batting lineup is. And so I think it's probably more to do with. Pakistan's weakest skill was being played second rather than the panic. But, you know, they've, I mean, they've shit the bed in the last three games, um, <laughs> one way or another. Like, and, but I suppose they did one of those batting first now as well. So it is, it is even more confusing. Yeah, no, shitting the bed might be putting it lightly, you know, because Pakistan, especially this one, you know, eight wickets. You don't want to shit the bed runs. lightly. Either shit the bed or don't shit the bed, I say. Yeah, well, fair enough. Or shit the bed and light it on fire, as you also say, right? <laughs> Pakistan has done all all permutations of those sort of things. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think the very, very valid point that you bring up over here is 2007 because that's the, also the last time Pakistan toured India. You know, that's the last bilateral series that these countries played. Yeah. So after that, Mumbai 2008 happens and Pakistan's out of the IPL as well. They don't play each other. And now it's this grand occasion, which India even makes grander. They're going to have these festivities around it and going to give it all the importance in the world without giving Pakistan any importance in the world as a nation. So <laughs> it's interesting. It's a very paradoxical sort of situation. And I feel like when Pakistan play India once in a tournament, the next time, if they get to play them, it's better. And the Champions Trophy 2017 is a good example of that, right? They got humiliated well, I, in the first game. Uh, this Bounce is back. what's a bit... Yeah, I think this is... It's also a bit confusing, right? Because... They get smashed in 2015, they get smashed hmm. in 2019, but they win the Champions Trophy. You're right. That first game was about as bad as I've ever seen a team play. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the piece I wrote went absolutely viral because I don't think <laughs> I've ever been that vicious about, against the team. But I was disgusted with hmm. how Pakistan played. I think Mickey Arthur actually read out parts of the article to the players. Yeah. Because right? he, he was so upset. I, if it wasn't Mickey Arthur, it was someone else. Someone told me that that's how they were like, well, okay, we can't say this, but this guy said this, so let's... Yeah. It, I was vicious. It was like they weren't... I think I called them traffic cones, right? Mm. They weren't even playing. No, cardboard cutouts, that's what I said. <laughs> um, they put cardboard cutouts on the field. <laughs> they win that Champions Trophy. But the other thing, of course, is that we have the 2021 World Cup. T20 game. World Cup, yeah. Right? And they broke the hoodoo. And that was chasing. Mm. So... I don't, th- this is what is so confusing about this. And that's why I think there's a sense of randomness to it. And I think we all have at times gone, oh, maybe the pressure just gets to Pakistan away, it doesn't to India. Yeah. But then once I started thinking about the T20 World Cup and the Champions Trophy, I started thinking, it's probably not that. It's probably just a combination of dumb luck and perhaps, as I said, a very good batting team who can nullify a very good bowling team. Um, and then their bowlers are good enough to get them over, over the, the line. Um, and that's not, people don't want that. That's Boring story. People want to hear the Pakistan choke, right? <laughs> the same as South Africa choke. No one yeah. wants to hear me say, well, actually, South Africa didn't choke in this situation. They were already behind them. No, no one, mm-hmm. no. They're chokers. <laughs> and, and I think it's very similar here. And, and that's fair. You know, I mean, it, it is my job, Bayram, to ruin fans' lives. Yeah. And I mean, apparently, Graham Smith as well, because he owned up to that, right? He was like, yeah, we choke. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure this has happened, right? Um, it's interesting that you bring up the T20 World Cup because let's forget about Dubai 2021, right? Pakistan won that game. 
they had a they had a point to prove as well because people were canceling tours and stuff, and there was a lot of you know controversy. They had their backs against the wall. That's the what brings out the best in Pakistan. So there's that subplot. But in 2022, you get that game at the MCG. You don't feel like Pakistan are overawed by the occasion. It's just Virat Kohli, right? Yeah, I mean, they should have won that, shouldn't they? Mm. They're massively ahead in that game. Probably a couple of captaincy errors from Baba at times. Mm. Um, the weird uh, free hit runs. Yeah. Um, did, was there a no ball for There was heights? a no ball for height. Yeah. And then the weird free hit runs came off Nawaz cleaning Virat up and then Virat ran through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the no ball for height. I mean, I know a lot of Pakistan fans were like, oh, that was... I'm like, I've 50-50 seen call. Impressed. Yeah, yeah. It could have yeah, gone yeah. either way, right? Yeah. And I've seen them go against India before. No one ever remembers it when they go against it. It's about, it's a bit like the Lakers. Like mm. if you watch an NBA, everyone goes, oh, Lakers get all the calls. So I'm sure Lakers get like 2% more calls than anyone else because they mm. are the fucking Lakers. And I'm sure <laughs> India do. But if you actually go through, India miss a bunch of calls as, and yeah. get, uh, you know. Um, but that was a 50-50 one. Easily the umpire says, eh, actually, I'm okay with that. Mm. Uh, and, and we move on, especially because it was from a bloke bowling quite slow. Um, <laughs> well, certainly not. A fast bowler is maybe the best way to put it. Um, but yeah, you've got Nawaz bowling medium pace. Like, they've absolutely mm. uh, lost the plot. But they bossed that game, right? They, yeah. you know, almost from the time Shaheen ca- came in and smashed the ball around, uh, yeah. they were probably the better. They were, the, you know, completely in control of that game. Uh, did really well. Firat just played an incredible innings. Mm. And look, that, that comes back to what I'm that the thing I said from before, though, right? Which is you've got one of the world's best players mm-hmm. going up against what was a very good bowling attack that got them into the final, right? Yeah. And and he nullified it. And I think that is probably the reason that India have done so well in World Cups against Pakistan rather than the pressure thing. Yeah, no, that's fair. So, I mean, we've been having a lot of conversations and you and, you and I have even recorded a podcast on this that the ODI World Cup might be about to get scrapped. Mm. So... Jared, will Pakistan ever get a chance to break? The, oh, well, they will get a chance, but will they ever break the hoodoo or will ODIs just, you know, diminish and this will be one of those things that will remain for life? It's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because, <laughs> yeah. I, and and that, like, if you're a South African fan of a certain age hmm. and you're a Pakistan fan of a certain age and they scrap it, they scrap it before the next World Cup. Let's say they get really full on. They scrap it before the next World Cup. Yeah. You are going to hold on to this negativity mm-hmm. for so long and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Because, nothing. and, and pe- it's one of those, I'm trying to even think about something. Oh, uh, so I like a for, uh, uh, Australian rules football. There's mm-hmm. obviously the peak, which is the AFL. And then each state has its own local league. And it used to be called the VFA and uh, it's now called the VFL in, in, in Melbourne. And when I grew up, my team was Port Melbourne, right? Okay. And it, they were really important to me and my family. Everyone in my family, it was the only football club that everyone in my family supported, hmm. right? And then eventually what happens is that league sort of gets assumed into the AFL and, and like you, you might, our team might play, but actually it's reserve players from the main league coming down. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like loan yeah. players sort of thing. And they don't care about playing for Port, for Port or for the Borough. And it doesn't mean anything. It's a but feeder club. Yeah, but we're still holding on to it for a little while. Hmm. But we notice no one else cares anymore, right? So it's yeah. only the hardcore fans of that that care. And now it's basically just a feed-up reserves league, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm still holding on to the port. I still got a port <laughs> jumper, right? <laughs> I still, I still have this thing, but it doesn't mean anything anymore. It, and and it's such a weird thing. 
there are going to be Pakistani people who are, what, 50 years old? 30 Maybe years old? Maybe even older than that, old? right? People yeah. who were like um, 15 and 92 right now would be yeah, close to 50. Yeah, right? Hmm. They have grown up with this thing and it mm-hmm. may not even matter. And, and the uh, um, you go to T20, A, T20 is not going to matter as much to them because they're older. And B, Pakistan's already beaten them in T20. So it doesn't, it's not even the same hoodoo. Yeah. And, the same with, and the same with South Africa. Like, what do they do with all that choking? Yeah, it, absolutely. It, it, all that energy that they've, and it's, it's the same age group for both of those sets of fans. It's a really weird little sub. It means nothing, of course. Yeah. But these, for these people, they are going to continue to live it. And at least if there's a, another World Cup and another World Cup and another World Cup, Pakistan can come maybe this time, mm-hmm. maybe this time. And then it's like, oh, we can't even do it. We, it doesn't exist. Yeah, right? you've taken away we that d- privilege from us. <laughs> it's such a weird thing. And on the other hand, you don't have to worry about losing another game during the World mm-hmm. Cup. I suppose so. I mean, it is really tragic if you think of it that way because it's one of those things you grow up with, right? Pakistan mm. plays India. It's always like mad hype. Everyone gets excited. I have obviously tempered it down now because I've gotten immune and Pakistan losing doesn't bother me anyway in any format, in any game. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. There's a bit of disappointment. That's it. But I look at people around me and it really gets to them, right? Like, this, mm. you know, mentally impacts people on either side of the border. They don't want to lose this game and Pakistan loses this game every single time. So... If they scrap the ODI World Cup, I feel like they're going to have this PTSD for the rest of their lives. They're never going to get over it. And it's going to eat them up from the inside. They will rot in ODI grief. (laughs) No, I I understand that. It's, you know, fandom is a weird thing. And Mm. it, you know, allows you to live a life in a way... um, it allows you to get out things from you you that you wouldn't normally get out. You can mm. yell and you can scream and you can laugh and you can cry and all these things that you can live vicariously through other people, people wearing matching pajamas and all that <laughs> sort of thing. But it sometimes does have psychological effects, right? Mm. And I'm not saying that Pakistani, there's like this whole there's like 50 million people in Pakistan walking around with proper PTSD or anything like that. <laughs> but it does have, there is a, there is something to it. And especially when you bring nationalism into it. Yeah. Right. Which yeah, both bit- these countries do, by the way. And that's exactly. why this is a high pressure game because of the political tensions and the history. And everyone makes this like more than a game, even though it's just a game. In- England, Germany and penalties. Yeah, right. Pretty much. And so it then becomes something that, you know, I've watched Pakistani fans still do this. I've watched, um, you know, uh, England fans in football deal with this sort of stuff as well. It is a thing. It's a real, you know, and it's probably not researched enough and, and everything else. But sport does so much for us. And then occasionally, sport just kicks us in the ass and drags mm-hmm. us all around. And it, it's, a, it's a very weird thing. And especially as a neutral. So I've covered uh, 2015, 2019... Uh, 2012, 2016, 2017 times two. Um, I might have done an India. I don't. I actually don't know if I did India. Uh, 2017 women, India, Pakistan women. I might have done it. I can't mm. remember. I've done, but I'm pretty sure I've done all those men ones and men's ones as well. And Cricket Info would get me to write about it because I was the neutral, right? Mm. And it's a fascinating thing. I've covered it from so many different angles. It's a fascinating culture and rivalry and um and everything and you know the hype 
annoys us sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is. It is very, very different. Um, the way that the two countries consume it, the way the mm-hmm. two countries celebrate it, as you say, like India actually lights up for this game, but then won't go to Pakistan to play it. Yeah. Uh, you know, dig the tr- in 2016, they, I think the Pakistan president or prime minister was over in India. Like, there's been some random stuff that's going on at these mm-hmm. games. Um, and it, this whole thing that they're desperate to play, this is the, the big lie, of course, is that India refused to play Pakistan, but they're actually desperate to play them. Like, mm-hmm. if you talk to people in the BCCI, they'd be like, we would have a seven test series with them tomorrow. And if we could get okay. away with it politically, we would, we would do it tomorrow. Like, mm. because A, they'd make so much money, but also it energizes the country. It does. And India at this rate would win that test series. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, <laughs> exactly. they're missing out on this opportunity, right? Because Seven they're an elite, elite test team. But yeah, it's very interesting because, you know, from a fan's perspective, it's a spectacle. You get all the hype, everything, you know, even if Pakistan have a shit team like they did in 2015, like no Pakistani a fan would have probably believed that that Pakistan team could have defeated India, right? And India was up top, Dhoni was still around, mm. but everyone was into it and everyone, you know, got uh, kind of attracted to the hype and all of the, well, not the jingoistic part because that's also come into this, right? A lot of it is jingoism now, the India-Pakistan hype, but they kind of died, like, they didn't really do that this time. I felt like they didn't do it, even though the stadium was a bit like that. But uh, mm. yeah, it's interesting how you know, the game has evolved and this spectacle has also evolved with it. And let's see, here's to hoping that there is another ODI World Cup or two so that Pakistan can get that opportunity and just win one game and two more losses. lose lose all the all the rest. We all, all we want is that one thing that can just, you know, go away. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, they did it in the T20s, maybe in the ODIs, who knows? And uh, yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know with the game. I now of- want, now, I now want the World Cup. To be can- the 50 over tournament to be cancelled just so that <laughs> Pakistan and possibly South Africa, they've got a chance to at least beat theirs still. Uh, but just so that those teams are left in limbo <laughs> forever. Because it's just fuck- it's hilarious, right? It's it is. Just- it is. Makes for a great um, subplot. But anyway, I think that should be it. We've gone over the history. We've gone over each of those games pretty much. Have we missed one? I don't think so. Oh, we didn't really go through 2015 and 2019. 15 but, and 19, were, there wasn't much anyway, you know? And India was just head and shoulders above Pakistan. Safraz yawned. There's that. Oh, my God. That, <laughs> that, it's that sort of stuff where I remember when that happened, I was just like, what is going on here? <laughs> and I remember, because someone, I think Rick Info might have said, should we cover this? And I did a whole piece just making fun of the whole thing. It's like, it, you just can't do that with everything. The ashes is the only other thing. Mm. And I don't know that's famous, but... It is the only other thing where the nonsense is almost mm-hmm. as as deafening as the game, right? Yeah. Like I, I don't know who won the moral. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe, pa- maybe Pakistan. That's Can win what the they've moral. Won. They've lost eight times, but they've won the moral World Cup <laughs> games against India. Sure, I'll take it. Any Pakistan fan would at this point. But anyway, I think that's it for this episode of the Footmarks Podcast. We'll be back next week with episode twenty-three. Thank you for tuning in and listening in to us. And yeah, we'll see you again soon. That's all for today. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon, where there are many other extras as well, including a Discord channel. There's a link to those in the show notes. Please review, subscribe, and tell all your friends about our show. Word of mouth is the best way of making our podcast grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. 
please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Barat Sundaresan and Bayram Kazi. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston. Each episode is produced by Ishit Kuberka at Sound Potion Studio. The team from 42 help us out with the video side. Orajoti Sainapayu and Maida Akam, both producing podcasts, while Mukunda Bandredi is the head of our YouTube content. Feeling lazy about promoting your podcasts and videos? Memento FM has your back. Their seamless platform cuts and promotes all your content effortlessly. It's laziness approved. Try Memento FM today.